he's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you in the hill country of Texas. Boy, it's starting out a blazer this morning on the uh, longest day of the year. Man, and I, uh, I, my wife's out of town, and she's usually in charge of setting the AC overnight, and I turned it off yesterday evening, and before I went to bed, I didn't turn it back on. And so, yeah, I woke up this morning. It was like uh, 117 degrees in my house, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong. Honey, please come back home. (laughs) We can't. uh, There are just some things I just can't do without you here. And uh, so she is on a a business trip today. I'll be sure and pray for her uh, to have a safe return so that, uh, you know, the AC and the coffee and all those little things that I take for granted. Um, in fact, a lot of us do that, don't we? Bob, do you take, uh, do you take a wife's uh, things for granted occasionally? Never. never. Bob says never. he never takes uh, anything from his wife for granted. So there you go. Mrs. Bob, if you're listening, he loves you. So um, we are um, got some things on your calendar. I have a great show for you today. A little bit of a surprise at the Fredericksburg City Council meeting last night. A little disturbing surprise, and we're going to talk about that. And um, Pastor Greg wanted me to give the rest of a nation kind of a um, heads up, a, 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 a report on the Texas Republican Party uh, State Convention. As you know, on Tuesdays uh, at the bottom of the hour, we join Pastor Greg um, on his program, and I had done that uh, for several years before I came onto the Hill Country Patriot. And so, when uh, Pastor, when I came onto the Hill Country Patriot, Pastor Greg and I figured out a way to um, continue that tradition. And so, I, uh, when we hit Tuesday mornings at the bottom of the hour, we have that um, 22 minutes or whatever it is. I think it's 14 minutes where we. Uh, we go nationwide, and so this program is heard from Portland to Portland, um, and uh, it is uh, that's I think that's kind of fun. We cover several. Uh, I think he covers all of Utah and all of Nevada, and then there's some state in the Northeast that he has a signal completely covering. But uh, so anyway, he wants me to catch the nation up on uh, the inside view at the Texas uh, GOP. So we'll talk a little bit more about that at the bottom of the hour with Pastor Greg. And, of course, yesterday's program, which I have not posted yet, um, uh, Angela Smith and I spoke at length about the uh, convention as well. And um, so let's get to the calendar on uh, Friday, the 24th, this Friday. In fact, I need to get my tickets or I'm going to be in trouble because I'm telling you this Friday at 630, Rick Green is going to be bringing his biblical citizenship live to Kerrville, Texas. And uh, we're very excited about that. Many of you have taken his class online, so you're familiar with it. So what you need to do is um, not if you if you if you've taken that class, then you know how good it is. And what you need to do is invite someone, invite someone that you know that you like, that you love because this will help improve their life and give them a better understanding of where Christians should be um, in this uh, nasty political world. Biblical Citizenship Live. Go to Eventbrite. Look for your tickets. Um, Turning Point USA is bringing this to to Kerrville. So there we go. The Monday the 27th, um, there are going to be a number of us that are going to be driving down to uh, testify at the Senate hearing Monday, this coming Monday morning. The Health and Human Services uh, Committee is going to be hearing uh, public testimony on the pandemic response. And this is, they want this, they need this information in order to deal with the next 
pandemic response. And if you think there's not ever going to be another one, folks, they suckered us into this first one so well. They even had good conservative people thinking that it was just fine and dandy if the government told you you couldn't go to work or if the government told you to close your business, right? So the uh, Senate, Texas Senate Health and Human Services needs to hear from you next Monday to let them know that it is not okay to remove our our guaranteed rights, rights granted us to us by God and rights granted to us by nature, and then we form governments in order to preserve those rights. And so when the government comes in and attempts or does successfully take one of those rights away, they're doing exactly the opposite of what the reason they were formed we form governments in order to preserve our rights. And um, so they need to hear that from you next Monday at the Senate hearing in Austin. Figure out a way to get a ride down with someone. Uh, you probably want to be there. I would suggest arriving at the parking lot around 9 and going in and uh, signing up. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be signing up with cards or with the uh, sign-in kiosks, and so we may not even know the answer to that till Monday morning. So you need to be prepared to either, either sign in to testify at the kiosks or go fill in a card at the Senate hearing room. And uh, But we'll uh, have more details on that for you. And if uh, those who are going, there'll be plenty there who are going who are very experienced at this. I know Angela's going. I'll be going. And so there will, uh, if you've never been to the Capitol or never testified, even, listen, even if you don't want to testify, write out your testimony for someone else to deliver. All right? Even if you can't go, but you would like the state uh, Senate uh, uh, committee to hear what happened to you and your business uh, during the response to the pandemic, then uh, write it down. There'll be someone going, I'm sure, that will uh, be able to deliver your testimony. So, and on July 17th, Sunday, Sheriff David Clark in New Braunfels. Uh, this is going to be an amazing one. We're bringing you details on that daily. And uh, Thursday, we'll uh, even go into uh, this deeper on Thursday. So put that on your calendars. Uh, July 17th, Sunday afternoon in New Braunfels, you will be able to get back home before dark if you live in the hill country. All right, uh, let me give you a little bit of uh, truly random Ben Franklin. The book is closed. I'm going to open it up to this page. Um, and here's one. Here's another one I've never understood. So uh, if any uh, help on this one, squirrel-like, she covers her back with her tail. Squirrel-like, she covers her back with her tail. We're not sure what that one means. Uh, we'll try to figure it out. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, folks, uh, we are back. Um, so last night, uh, city council met. We have had a group of uh, of um, of citizens 
Um, I was about to say led by and give you a name. You know, Janet, Jan, uh, Jeanette Hormuth has been uh, fighting City Hall now for quite some time. And when the Tattle Tool uh, thing appeared, the Tattle Tool, uh, Tattle Tale Tool, I knew that wasn't sound, sounding right. When the Tattle Tale Tool <laughs> appeared uh, the uh, uh, a year and a half ago when the city council decided to set up a toll-free hotline for you to turn your neighbors and friends in, um, the, uh, the Jeanette got a whole bunch of more people um, who wanted to get engaged with the city council. And I have to hand it to them. Those guys have continued to be engaged, and I'm very proud of them. And so uh, last night uh, there was a city council meeting, and I know Angela was going and went, and and uh, the regulars Jerry, Jerry, uh, uh, Jerry went, and and Jeanette, and all the regulars went, and and um, for the first time ever, they were uh, forced to walk through a metal detector and be searched in order to go into the city council meeting in Fredericksburg. Now. I've gone to quite a few of those uh, city council meetings. Um, I am not one of the regulars. Uh, I do not live in the city. Um, I am. I help those people who are going up there uh, sometimes and when they ask for it. Um, but um, I don't go to them regularly. But the times I have been, I have never, ever had to walk through a metal detector. So when I leave the program today, um, I'm not going to criticize them yet not going to shoot off any flaming arrows at them. Um, I want to find out uh, why that is so. So I'm going to attempt to get a hold of the mayor today when I get out of here and see if we can't uh, find out. Maybe they had a credible threat. I don't know, but we need to find out why all of a sudden after years of uh, city council meetings with no problems, no issues whatsoever. Now, if you want to testify and go speak to the city council, yes, you cannot bring your pocket knife in. That's what they told Jerry. They said, nope, can't bring your pocket knife in. And uh, Jerry was not happy with that. In fact, uh, told several people that um, when he went back to his truck to put the knife, his pocket knife into the truck, he, um, he thought about just going on home. And I'm glad he didn't. Um, in case you didn't know it, the uh, city council meeting in Fredericksburg is not held out in some open field with undefended, uh, you know, perimeter. It's at the law enforcement center. <laughs> it's at the, I'll say that again. They meet at the law enforcement center. There's more law, more security, and more safety in that building than probably anywhere but the, the county jail across the street, right? So um, why, after all these years, uh, there is a metal detector for citizens to go in and speak to their uh, city council? I have no idea, but I'm going to do my best to find out. If you know anything about that and uh, want to talk to me about it, you know how to get in touch with me. You can send me an email, matt at ranchradiogroup.com. You could call the station, leave your number. Cassie has, uh, will be glad to give me a note to uh, call you back. Many of you have my personal cell phone number. If you experienced something at uh, the city council, Fredericksburg City Council last night, um, uh, let me know. Get in touch with me. We need to find out what's going on over there. And if there is a credible threat, that's uh, that's very scary. And we hope that the that there is um, hope there's an investigation going on. And so I'm going to try to find out all that today. So I'll bring that to you tomorrow all right so still some stuff on the um on the uh gop uh convention last week all right so there's an article in the texan uh, that came out on the 16th written by brad johnson and uh it is uh, entitled texas gop rebukes the legislature and opens pathway to closed primary all right, so I've heard people for quite some time say um, we, we should have a closed primary in Texas. And there was a part of me that said, I, you know, why? Why make it closed? And uh, I would ask that question, and people would say, well, the Democrats are coming over and voting in our primary, or the Democrats are coming over and voting in the runoff. 
And I, I've heard people say that. No one's ever been able to show me any proof of that. Now, listen, I'm not saying that you're making it up. All right. I'm not denying that it might be true, but I, I just have never seen any kind of data on that. Where, where do we show, where, where can you show me that that is happening? Um, and would it even be enough if it was, how many Democrats would it take to vote in a primary, in the Republican primary or the uh, Republican runoff? How many votes would it take for them to actually turn an election in the favor of the Democrats? So I'm not sure if this is happening, um, but uh, there's no there's no evidence of it that I have seen so far. But still, there's quite a few people who want closed primaries in the state of Texas. And listen, if you want to fight for that one, I'm I'm not gonna. This is not a hill I'm gonna die on. Um, I think the only what what it would mean is that um, when you registered to vote. All right. Now, because most of my listeners, in fact, I'd be willing to say every single one of my listeners on the terrestrial station is already registered to vote. Um, but when you register to vote, you would then, at that point in time, you would declare your party allegiance. And so you go in, you fill out the form, and there'll be a block there. Are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? Are you an Independent? Are you a Green? Are you a Libertarian? Whatever the, whatever is the, um, whatever parties exist officially, I'm not sure how they would do that. I know in uh, New York that you register as a Republican, you can register as a Democrat, and you can register as an Independent. I'm not sure. And so what that means then, and when the primary comes along, when you go in to vote, you have to be on the Republican rolls. And so you would officially be called a, a registered Republican, a registered Republican. A lot of people come here using that term from other states, and I've had some, it's a semantics thing with me. Um, I've had people say in an email, well, if the registered Republicans would show up or something, it'd be like, no, 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 time out. We don't declare party when we're registered. So if we were to go to a closed, a closed um, primary, that would mean that there would be a process, whereas those of us who are already registered, we would uh, sometime, sometime um, have to... Um, they would uh, sometime have to um, figure out a way for you to get in and register and uh, click the little box that says R. I'm sure they would work that out. I'm sure it would be a, um, a, a people. Um, I'm sure it would bring, uh, yeah, I'm sure it would create an issue for a lot of people. But there's a lot of folks that want to go through that. Um, now, in order to do that, we have to change Texas law because Texas law right now says that all primaries must be open. So there's going to be a several steps to go through this. Now, I did get a, a good friend, a good friend of mine uh, who uh, just sent me a text and said, okay, I'm sitting at a Democrat county meeting. All right, this was in the past. And a very prominent Democrat brought... Um, uh, signs to the meeting, oh, this was against uh, Kyle Biederman's second term, all right? So Kyle Biederman run his first term. He beat um, the, uh, the incumbent at the time whose name is completely slipped out of my brain because I wasn't going to talk about that this morning. So he beats the incumbent, and you're all yelling at radio, I know. And uh, his second term... Um, a fellow named uh, Campbell, David Campbell, Dave Campbell ran against uh, Kyle and uh, as, a, as a Republican, you know, on the Republican primary. But guess where his signs went to the Democrat meeting and uh, they were distributed at the Democrat meeting locally. And uh, thank you, Doug Miller. Uh, thank you, Angela. Uh, so it was uh, it was against Doug Miller the second time around. Dave uh, Campbell ran against him, a local Republican, but uh, he distributed uh, his signs at the Democrats' um, county convention. Is that enough in uh, an area as small as this House District is? 
could a Democrat run in the Republican primary and take the seat with the cooperation of the Democrats? Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, so anyway, closed primaries, and they would have to change Texas law. Now, we're going to get into this a little bit with Pastor Greg, but let me tell you that the step we went through at the Republican convention, which was probably the most dramatic um, event in the Rules Committee, had to do with separating the Republican Party from the Texas election code. All right? And so what does that mean? Um, and, and a lot of people meant that, well, then that just meant the Republicans would just be openly defying Texas law. Well, there is, um, there is a Supreme Court decision. Actually, several things have happened over the years with parties in other states. Uh, Idaho uh, Republican Party decided they wanted to have a closed primary, even though the law required open primaries, um, and uh, they ended up um, taking it uh, to court, and they won. And so they have a closed primary, and here's what's weird. In Idaho, they have a closed primary for Republicans, but an open primary for Democrats. How do you figure that? Um, the the uh, Democratic Party of California were the ones that paved the way for us on this. California had a open primary law. The Democrats in California said, we don't want open primaries. We want to be able to say who runs in our primary and who gets to vote in our primary. And that was against California law, like it would be against Texas law right now. It went to the Supreme Court, and guess what? The Democrat Party of California won in the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court very clearly said that, um, Party can do what they want to. They can choose who they want in their party. And so Texas law is uh, contravening the Constitution right now on that. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Y'all stay tuned for Pastor Greg. Welcome back to Chosen Generation Radio, where no topic is off limits. Everything filtered through biblical glasses. Well, uh, as we normally do every Tuesday, and we missed him last week. We just want him to know that he was deeply missed, and I miss being with you there in the Hill Country on the Hill Country Patriot Radio with Matt Long and the Matt Long Show. Matt, welcome. Great to have you, my friend. Good morning, sir. Always a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, I missed you last week, too. Boy, it was a crazy week at the... Uh, Republican Party of Texas State Convention. 
Boy, I'll tell you, yeah, and 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 the and the left, uh, the leftist media is out in droves. Uh, the, the, according to them, uh, apparently, you guys have uh, have sunk the country. It's it's all over now. The Texas, the Texas Republicans were taken over by 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 the radicals, and uh, and and John Cornyn tried to uh, you know be the 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 guy in in dressed in white and wear his white cowboy hat. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's their that's their story, Matt. Tell us tell us what really happened. Okay, so there were um, first of all, I was on the rules committee, which uh, meant I sat in a room full of lawyers for over fifty hours. Now, many of you out there don't know me personally, and uh, I'm not a I'm not a sit in a room full of lawyers guy. I'm actually not very much of a rules guy, and so that's why I, I, several people said that's why you're perfect for the rules committee. So the, the biggest thing change that the Rules Committee made for the Republican Party of Texas was to separate us from the Texas Election Code. And for me to go into all the detail on that would take more time than we have. But what the Texas Republicans are attempting to do is uh, have closed primaries in the state of Texas. We would like to have closed primaries. Now, I wasn't too sure if I was all in on that. But uh, I'm leaning more and more towards them on that. This is not a hill I'm going to die on. But they want closed primaries. And in order to do that as a party, they have to essentially stand up to the Texas legislature. And so that's what frightens a lot of people. Um, It seems to me that that has to do with the uh, constitutional republic under which we live, Matt, and and that in fact that one of the concerns that the founders had about two party systems was that ultimately they would be laid bare and and they would not really accomplish anything to represent the people that they would become arms of the state. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we want to and actually during the last session. The legislature um, actually attempted to pass laws that would govern how the Republican Party elected its own leadership. Um, And they wanted to put that on a primary ballot so anybody in their cat and dog could vote on who we wanted as Republicans to lead us as a Republican Party. And so the legislature in Texas, under current, the way things are set up currently, has the ability to run the parties, whether it be the Republican Party and or the Democrat Party, and we think that needs to change. Part of the issue, yeah. part of the issue that comes up with, and Pastor Greg, you know this, for 20 years now, the uh, Republicans have had control of the Texas House, the Senate, the Lieutenant Governor, and the Governor's seat, but there has been this tradition of putting um, putting Democrat chairs in. Uh, important committees in the Texas House, even right. though the House is controlled right. by Republicans. You're familiar with that. You've seen that. Well, speaking of, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. We didn't really talk about that last night, but that was a that was a big deal uh, that was in uh, the uh, the current uh, that you turned me on to, by the way. Right, right. Uh, but uh, but the current wrote quite a bit about that, and Dade Felons partnering up with the uh, Democrats. And, and putting them in key chair positions and partnering up with the LGBTQ uh, gender dysphoria agenda that is victimizing the children in the schools in the state of Texas. And Dade Felon seems to be, or Felon, well, he's a felon. Dade he's felon. a felon, and he's feeling, yeah, something Uh-oh. like that. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, um, but but he's he certainly is supporting an agenda uh, that that is in line with what is warned about in the mind polluters, and uh, and and he's aligning with uh, with Kinsey. Yeah, he is absolutely. He made a very uh, feeble attempt at um, defending his uh, uh, position on that during a very small luncheon at the Hilton. You know, there were 10,000 Republicans over in the main room. Governor Abbott, who we would all consider to be the top elected, well, not consider, Governor Abbott is the top elected Republican official in the state. You would think, yep. you one would assume that would he would be at the top of the ticket. All the speakers that came there 
we had uh, amazing speakers that got up on the stage. Abbott wasn't even there. We're, we think he may have been at the World Economic Forum, Pastor Greg. What do you think about that? Um, I think it is, you know, more evidence of the fact that Greg Abbott has no interest or concern in actually doing what's in Texas's best interest. He has concern about what's doing uh, in in Greg Abbott's personal political career and trying to uh, potentially maybe warm a seat to sit somewhere in the White House. Yeah, that's I, my thinking. Yeah, it's. I think that'd be very interesting because I'm pretty sure Abbott would not carry Texas. <laughs> do you do you think he would carry Texas if he got onto the ballot? Man, I I would hope not. But I, I I'm I love my fellow Texans, but I have to say that I have been somewhat puzzled by some of the decisions. Like for example, uh, Pete, the recent uh, victory of Pete Flores uh-huh. shocks me. Right, right. Um, in 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 light of of Flores's history of open border, and and obviously then that aids human trafficking and cartels, mm-hmm. um, and and create situations like what happened in Uvalde, mm-hmm. and and yet he was elected over uh, a, a man who has sat right here with me, mm-hmm. uh, Lieutenant Colonel Raul Reyes. As a matter of fact, he and I are going to be doing some things together. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, a, a very godly man who served the country, who understands the threats and who would have, who would have done an incredible job. But Flores is, is just like Abbott. They are, uh, you know, they're rhino cover is yep. what they are. Yep. They're the establishment picks, you know, back to, um, the top three Republicans in the state. And of course we just established, uh, Abbott's the top. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick would be the number two, and the number three would be Dade Phelan, Speaker of the House. Only one of those three top Republicans in the state of Texas spoke to the Republican Party of Texas Convention. Over 10,000. Now, these are the delegates, the alternates, and the guests. These are people who have been engaged. They had to be they had to be nominated at their precinct and then their county level to go on to the state convention. So these are people who are plugged in, engaged. They're the people who make the party run. And two of our top three uh, Republicans in the state didn't even want to come talk to him. And then when John Cornyn showed up, man, was that a party or whatever? I'm sure everybody by now has already heard all the booing. But what, the, the thing that that maybe you haven't heard about that is Cornyn after he left the stage said um, when asked about the booing he said something to the effect of that he would not uh, he would never give in to a mob he would never give in to a mob and that got tweeted thank you. out thank you yeah thank you for saying it because that because that is the attitude of them and you know Patrick and Abbott both know that they that that the people who are paying attention, which is the ten thousand people that were in that room, and the and the probably roughly I don't know however many million it was that actually you know were participated in voting and electing and getting those people there. Okay, it's several million. Um, those are the individuals that that know what's really happening in the state of Texas, and they know that we are on the verge of of going blue. Uh, and they know that even though we have been red for 20 years, we have, we have really been purple because the legislature has not done anything that we have sent them there to do, which is the reason why many are, uh, have, have, have quit the idea of, of voting is they, they just don't because what's the point yeah. in their, in their thought process. And that is what they want. That is what they want. Yep. The other, the other uh, final to close out in our last minute and a half here, yes. the uh, Republican Party of Texas signed a resolution basically standing up to, oh, I call it the big lie resolution. You know, we're all being, those of us who say we think that uh, last election was rigged, 
we're, we're being told that's the big lie. Well, the Republican Party of Texas passed a resolution saying we do not believe that this president was legitimately elected, and so the um, that was quite a surprise that they actually came out and passed a resolution saying due to all the fraud we saw and all the evidence we have so far of the four or five states where the ballot uh, packing was done, mm-hmm. that's proof enough to the Republican Party of Texas that that was not a legitimate election. That's a big statement. Well, and, and, and that is coupled with the fact, that as, as you and I have sat in, in a number of grassroots meetings, that there are many in the grassroots who understand that that is exactly what they've attempted to do here in Texas as well. And there have been those that have been arrested for ballot harvesting right here in Texas. So we, we know not only is it circumstantial of what we're seeing and, and a lot of preponderance of evidence, but we have borne witness to it right here in the state of Texas. Matt, God bless you. God bless the Hill Country of Texas. Keep fighting the good fight, folks. I'll be back with more. All right. Yeah, no, my mama told me to go ahead and go to the Republican State Convention, but it was one of the craziest parties I've ever been to. Um, And so, uh, in fact, I was uh, visiting with my sweet mom in Ireland, and I have to call her in the morning, and so I was visiting with her in the the morning uh, uh, during a break and uh, had her on the phone, and the, the hall I was in was really empty, and our our next uh, senator, probably, uh, Mr. Flores, was walking down the hall uh, with his, uh, his I think his son was coming down the hall, and uh, so I'm talking to my mom, and I said, hey, here's my next senator. Maybe I can get him to say something to you. So uh, Pete Flores spoke to my mom and said hi, and then uh, here's a guy who I uh, did everything I could to keep from getting in office, and uh he says to my mom, he goes, your son is a really good man. You should be proud of him. And I'm thinking, Mr. Flores, I'm sure you're going to put all this together about five minutes from now. Um, but I'm looking forward to building a relationship with uh, Mr. Flores and I already spoke to him and got his contact info. 
and we'll be sitting down with our senator, as you should be, and as well as getting an appointment with your representative. One of the main issues that I heard over and over from day one was we've got to stop putting Democrats in chairs of in the Texas House, that we've just got to quit this. Um, we've, uh, as you heard me say over time, we've 20 years now, we've been doing this. And it's, uh, I guess we're returning the favor from uh, 2002 when uh, the Democrats uh, gave us a couple of nice chairs in 2002 when they controlled the House. And now, 20 years later, we're still repaying that favor. Um, I told you that in my conversation with uh, several of the representatives, one of them who um, represents a large portion of the Hill Country, um, when asked, I said, "So, um, why, why, why don't we put why don't we put Republicans on all the committee chairs?" And his reply was, "So you want it to look like Washington D.C.?" And you know, so our representative, our one of the big representatives in the Hill Country, believes that there is only two ways that this is a binary choice. That somehow we can only either have uh, Democrats chair about a third of our committees, or it'll be the extreme chaos of Washington D.C. Now, so I told you, figure out a way, because that's the answer you're going to get, because that was the, uh, that's the party line on that. Well, it was the party line. They're going to have a new party line. And uh, so I've been training you how to answer the question on, you know, there, it's not a binary option, sir. You're telling me that you wouldn't have the ability to do something, a third option or a fourth option? It doesn't have to look like Washington, D.C., and it doesn't have to be a third of our committees headed by uh, Democrats. There are numerous options in between. So that is uh, that is one argument. Now they're coming up with a new line, and uh, I'm sure you're going to hear it because it's coming from Dade Phelan. And uh, so I've got a little bit of audio, about three minutes of Dade Phelan, when he didn't want to talk to uh, what John Cornyn called the mob, when he didn't want to talk to the mob, like Governor Abbott didn't want to speak to the mob. So Dade Phelan goes off in a little tiny room with a handful of friends, and he gives a speech, and they're all eating lunch. And a uh, good friend of ours uh, with uh, Current Revolt uh, was there uh, recording it. So I got about three minutes. I want you to listen here. There are the, the a little bit of interesting thing that happens in here. Um, the speaker, Dade Phelan, asks a question of the audience and he asks it in a way that it comes across as he wants an answer well how many times have you been listening to a politician and the, the they will say well you know i need to hear from you what you know what where do you where, where are you on this and it's a rhetorical question most of us would not shout out an answer in the audience, from the audience. And so there are three times in this recording you're going to hear Phelan ask the audience a question. The first time, there is someone who speaks up in the back of the room and answers his question. Now, you're not seeing the video, but in the video, um, Phelan almost just blows that guy's answer off. He just asks for an answer. The guy gives him one, and he moves on. He shakes his head, the negative, the no. He shakes his head back and forth three or four times, goes down back to his speech. The second time he asks a question of the audience, you can hear barely hear someone in the background saying something. I can't figure out what they're saying. But then you hear him getting shushed. You hear him getting shushed. So he's up there saying, I want an answer, but he's not taking answers. He's not acknowledging answers. And uh, so this was just very, very weird. But listen to the line that you're going to start hearing from the Democrats or from the, oh, huh, from the Republicans who want Democrats in committee hearings. All right, let's roll that tape, Bob. <laughs> what now? Why is, why now are we talking about Democrat chairs? So in my lifetime, Democrat, when they were in control, they gave Republicans chairs. 
And ever since I've been around, Republicans have given different proportionate to their makeup in the House. Why now? Anyone? So Pete Laney gave, in his final session, a Tomcratic chair of ways and means. He gave Holly Hildebrand chair of public health. He gave, he gave Republicans the chairs of the tax writing committee and the committee dealt with all the pro-life issues. So going back last session in 2019, who chaired Homeland Security? All the Second Amendment bills went to Democrats. Who cared who chaired public health in 2019? A Democrat. We're all the pro-life legislation we This cycle, those are Republicans. Give me a Republican priority that died because of a Democrat chair. Anyone? <laughs> public health, I mean, pardon me, public education may be the only committee you could say, well, that should have been a Republican. Let me tell you something about Harold Dutton. Now listen to it from a delegate at the Republican convention two days ago, saying that he was the most reformed chair that he's ever seen. He promoted charter schools, he promoted accountability, and he promoted transparency. The progressive wing of the Democratic Party came out to him hard. Actually, in 2019, they created a fake candidate. Someone who didn't even exist in Harris County. Yeah, a fake human being to run against him to try to get him in a runoff. Harold Dutton represents an area of Houston that is a lot like the area I'm from. It is a majority-minority area. It is about to be taken over by TEA, just like Bowman Independent School District has been under the purview of TEA for five years. Failing school district. With all the resources in the world, a failing school district. His high school produced Mickey Leland, Barbara Jordan, Harold Dutton, and it is not the high school it used to be. We had a long discussion about transparency and accountability and charter schools, and he did more at that thing than anybody in the last 20 years became public education, transparency, and accountability, and opportunities for others. And he passed out CRT twice, and he passed out the bill that, that, that banned boys from competing against girls in high school athletics as a Democrat. So I ask you again, what Republican priority did a Democrat chair kill this cycle? It didn't happen. All right, so there you go. That's going to be the new approach, the new language. I'm sure you've seen on TV when uh, um, everybody starts using the same phrase out of Washington. Um, yesterday, I think uh, the phrase, what was the phrase yesterday? Oh, yeah, the a recession is not inevitable. That was the phrase yesterday. A recession is not inevitable, right? I think that's what it was. Um, and, uh, so that's the same thing happens locally. So we, uh, went from, so if you want Democrat chairs, you want Austin to look like Washington DC, which is a false binary choice. And now the new line is going to be name a Republican priority stopped by democratic chairs. Ah, how about that? Well, let's just look at some of the falsehoods that, uh, Dade Phelan put into that speech. He started bragging about Dutton, about uh, Dutton being the Democrat who was put on the uh, education committee, the head of the education committee, and Phelan says that he passed out CRT twice. All right, let me tell you, CRT is not out of our schools. In fact, the bill that passed does not even mention the phrase critical race theory and by the time it got amended on the house floor it went it even went all the way to actually it went to crt it even it, it kept crt in the schools and it is still in the classrooms it wasn't even named crt was not even named in the bill it is still in the classrooms we're still dealing with it and Dade Phelan said that um, Dutton, Harold Dutton, that awesome Democrat chair, he passed CRT out twice. He got CRT out of the schools. That is a bald face 
lie. It didn't happen. And I just want to point one more thing out that I think was really, really funny. So he starts talking about Dutton and the school district in Dutton's home um, uh, county, which I believe is part of Harris County. And he talked about the fact that um, he had in common in uh, uh, Beaumont that Dade Phelan had a school district like the one in uh, Houston that was failing as well. And then he brags on Dutton for having fixed that school in Houston. Well, Dutton didn't fix that school in Houston. He had nothing to do with it. He was a representative. But the funny part about it is Phelan's trying to give Dutton the credit for fixing that Houston school, but his Beaumont school is still failing. And so if Dutton had the ability to change that uh, Houston school district and turn it into the awesome school district that uh, Phelan says it is, then why didn't Phelan do that in his own district? Why do they keep putting Dade Phelan in in, uh, in, in our as the Speaker of the House. Why do we keep doing that? Folks, this uh, committee chair is going to Democrats has to stop. And um, you need to know that um, there were more Republican priorities were killed by Republicans than by Democrat chairs. That's the truth. Folks, uh, we've uh, got all kinds of work to do. I want to keep... Keep my wife in your prayers as she travels today and uh, get her back home safely to me. And um, there we go. And, uh, oh, Betty's mom is doing awesome. Thank you for your prayers for Betty, Gail's mom. See you tomorrow.